Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections, whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, and I am so glad you're here. When you look for the bad, expecting it, you will get it. When you know you will find the good, you will get that. That is a quote taken from Pollyanna by Eleanor H. Porter. Now, I looked up the definition of Pollyanna, and the Webster Dictionary says that Pollyanna is a person characterized by irrepressible optimism and a tendency to find good in everything. It doesn't mean never being sad, never being angry, or anything other less than sweet emotion. It means acknowledging the negative while having the ability to still see something positive. I have been called a Pollyanna pretty much all of my life, and I have started to feel over the past few years like that was a negative thing. And then one day I was like, wait, why is it such a bad thing to find the good in life and find good in bad situations? Why would that be a negative thing? So today, you may be asking yourself, okay, how do you become a Pollyanna? Is it something that's just naturally within some people, or can it be taught? I think that anyone can have a Pollyanna attitude, and that's why I have 10 steps to keep you in tip-top shape, as good old Mary Poppins would probably say. Step number one is gratitude. You can do this in a few different ways. My personal preference is to journal, and I know that as an adult, it kind of seems weird to be like, yeah, I'm keeping in a diary. <laughs> but it really is good for so many different things. Being able to start and or end your day with listing three things that you're grateful for from that day, that can be huge whenever it starts to add up. It doesn't have to be anything super detailed, super um, fancy or, you know, outlandish. Like there doesn't have to be some big old mountain that got moved that day and you're like, oh yes, I'm grateful for this. It could be something as simply as, oh man, I'm so glad that I was able to have that warm cup of coffee in the morning. It could be that you got a sweet text or a message from a friend. Maybe you just saw these beautiful red birds flying by. Finding simple things to be grateful for is a good thing. Journaling your gratitude first thing in the morning, it helps set your headspace for the rest of the day. Or whenever you're going to be filling out in the evening, what I have found is that whenever I am doing it consistently, I actually see more things throughout the day. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's something I can put down in my journal. Oh wait, that's something I can put down in my journal. It just keeps going on and on. It's fantastic. So step number one is gratitude. Number two, positive affirmations. Now I have heard, um, especially lately, a lot of people in the Christian world that talking about self-love and it can be seen as selfish and against the Bible. We should not love ourselves more than we love God, right? Because we don't want to make ourselves basically an idol. That's not good. <laughs> However, that being said, treating ourselves the way God intended is biblical. This means things like don't talk down to yourself. Whenever you say to yourself, oh my goodness, I'm just so fat or ugh, these clothes just don't look good or I have nothing to wear because I, for whatever reason, I don't know. Or you're looking at every little blemish on your face, your hair is falling apart, you know, maybe literally. I've had that happen. 
you know, whatever it is, you're talking negatively about yourself. Speak positivity instead. Doing positive affirmations every day, again, will begin to add up. I like doing them with my kids, and that helps build everyone's spirit. A lot of times, my parents will help watch our kids if I'm at work and my husband is traveling. And so sometimes in the mornings, whenever we're on our way there, all three of us are super tired. We might not be in the best mood, or we just kind of need something to get us going. So what we will do is our positive affirmations, and we'll take turns going around the car. So I'll start out, and I might be like, I am strong. And then the kids repeat, I am strong. And then my son will get to say something and he might say, I am brave. And then we repeat, I am brave. And then my daughter gets a turn and I am fierce. And we say, I am fierce. And we keep on going around the car. And sometimes they're super silly. But saying positive things, even if they're silly, that gets your brain going in a positive route for the day. And then by the time that we finish, the very last thing that we do is we say, I am a child of God. And let me tell you, hearing your kids say that, I mean, that can't help but put you in a good mood. (laughs) So I want to encourage you with step number two, positive affirmations. Those are good things. You are smart. You are chosen. You are loved. You are a good friend. You are brave. You are healthy. Speak these things into existence. The third step is surrounding yourself with positive people, or what I like to say is find kindred spirits. Have you ever seen the show Anne of Green Gables? I think I've talked about this before, this show, in one of my previous episodes, and I just love Anne. I love Anne Shirley. (laughs) I feel like I can relate to her a lot, especially as a young girl, but she finds her kindred spirit in a friend, and they get into all sorts of trouble, but having that person or those people that are naturally positive, that they lift you up. They don't bring you down. I remember being a teenager and we had at one of our youth services, we had this object lesson where some of us stood up on these metal chairs and then others stood beside it. And it was easier to pull somebody off the chair than for the person that's standing on the chair to pull that person from the floor up. The idea is that It's easier for somebody that's negative to pull somebody down to their level than it is for the positive person to pull the negative up. So surround yourself with positive people. Find those kindred spirits. At the beginning of 2020, I asked God for good female friendships, or at least strengthening the ones that I had. And I found them. Two in particular were actually girls that I had grown up with. One in particular was my best friend from first grade all the way through high school. Between the three of us, we lost connection. As we got older, we had kids, etc. You know, life happens. But over the past couple of years, those friendships have come back in and have only strengthened. The three of us also homeschool our kids. And they're all similar in age or close enough in age that they can all get along and play together and bond. And of course, as a mom, I want my kids to have good, solid friendships as well. So we started getting together during the summertime and swimming. And then last year, we met every week for the kids to swim and the moms to get to hang out and fellowship. And it was such an encouragement that we have continued it since then. Granted, we've not been together as much in the winter months, but we have worked it out to be able to at least get together as often as possible. And it is such an encouragement and 
it really speaks to your soul whenever you have those types of godly friendships. So look for people that you know that you can count on. They're just not out for themselves. They don't want to just talk about themselves to you and, you know, keep conversations one-sided. Those that are having similar thoughts about life, like-minded. It doesn't mean that you can't be friends with people that you completely think opposite of because that has its place as well. But I'm talking about how to be a Pollyanna here. So for this case, find your kindred spirits. So now that brings us to step four, which is to pursue goals, big or small. It could be personal, financial, spiritual, a hobby, a longtime dream. Because when we are actively pursuing a goal, we will naturally feel inspired and motivated, which then changes our headspace to positivity. That doesn't mean, you know, sometimes I have been so busy, I'm like, I can't put anything else on my plate. And there is something to be said to being busy just because you don't want to be still with your thoughts. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying to just be busy. Find a goal, find a calling, find a passion. If you don't know what it is, pray. Pray for the Lord to show you what it is that you can work on. It could be that maybe you want to be debt-free. Don't just think of the goal, but actively pursue it. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be happy about it all the time because a goal worth reaching is going to be work at times, but it's going to be very rewarding. So pursue your goals. Don't be afraid of them. If you are afraid, push through the fear and do it anyway. Number five is less judgment. This is a big one for me because I'm talking about not only less judging of yourself, but also of others. When you look at the world and you see all that's wrong right now, it's hard. You just see the negative or you may simply just see people that are different than you and you might be quicker to judge them because they don't believe the same as you. They don't live the same way as you. They don't make the same decisions as you. I'm not talking about people that are just blatantly out sinning. I'm talking about people that are just simply living a different type of life than you are. The Bible says, judge not. But there's also the verse about removing the plank in your own eye first. Work at bettering yourself. See what you can improve on. Let God sort the world out. He's done it before and bless it, he's going to do it again. As for judging yourself, is that something you find yourself doing? Have you ever struggled with comparing yourself or your children, your homeschool to someone else? Why do we do that? Who says someone else is better? Who sets those standards? The world? But who does God say you are? Are the things that you hear in your head whenever you're judging yourself, are they from the world? Are they from God? Because he says you are loved and you are chosen. Number six, don't overanalyze. Okay, I'm guilty of being an overthinker over here. I have said it before. I'll say it again. I feel like if I just throw out my imperfections and get them out there, then it's less troublesome for me because then everybody knows what they're getting. (laughs) But I tend to think like I'm an overthinker. I overanalyze. I read into everything, everyone, every look, word, action, or lack thereof. (laughs) So what it is though, is that you overanalyze and you overthink because there's this feeling of needing to be perfect. Well, stop trying to be perfect. You're never going to actually achieve that goal because if you did And if you were perfect, you sure wouldn't be here. If you're always overanalyzing and always overthinking things, trying to get things to be perfect, you are going to literally suck the life from life itself. Okay, maybe not literally, but you get my drift. Number seven, let go the need to control. 
This is a hard one. I am a type A person. It is my job to be in control at all times. I work in the medical field and what I do is it's my job to lead by example and to lead as far as the treatment that's necessary, lead in a a highly intense environment. And it's my job. I get paid to be in control at all times, not only in the medical field, but then also as a mom. I mean, you know, if you're a mom, you know, you got to juggle all the things. You hardly have time for yourself. And you're always trying to manage like what the kids are doing, where they need to go, make sure that they eat, (laughs) get them to bed at a decent time, get yourself together. You have to just juggle all the things. And it's your job to be in control at all times. Sometimes, at least I think, I don't know about you, but I think, well, if I let go of the control, then things won't go right. How self-righteous that sounds, right? As if I am the only one who can get something right. One of the biggest lessons I've learned with homeschooling is that in order to truly succeed, I have to let go of the idea in my head that our homeschool has to look like everyone else's or has to look a certain way. This is something I'm still working on, but it starts with the heart. What a better way to learn to let go of control than to give up control to the one who is always in control. See, you can still have peace even when you have no control of a situation because you know who's in charge and you can rest in that. Number eight is to read. Read the Bible. Read devotionals. Read fiction that is based in a positive mindset. I highly, highly suggest the Circle series by Ted Decker. I'll put it in the show notes for you. He also has two youth series out, and our family truly loves them. Read them together as a family. I remember growing up that we always did devotionals, family devotional time, in the morning at the breakfast table. Now, there were several times where I was just irritated because I was inconvenienced because I wanted to read my own book or I wanted to stretch out the door or whatever because I was at that age. But I still remember sitting down and reading those devotionals as a family and that's something that I want to carry on with my own children to read together as a family. But that being said, there are some things that you shouldn't read and those things are called clickbait, media propaganda, Posts on social media that only seek to cause drama and stress. You know the ones I'm talking about. Take control of your hands and swipe right out of that. Number nine is to pray. Now this seems pretty self-explanatory, but it's the most important of all. In all things. Not just when things are going wrong, but even when they're great. God doesn't want to just hear from us whenever we're having trouble. Because he's there for us in the bad times, but he's also there with us in the good times. So talk to him about the successes. It doesn't have to be perfect or pretty. It just needs to be real and honest. You can be vulnerable with him. You can share your insecurities. Share those stressors, those fears. Speak them out and give them over to him. And finally, number 10. Choose to be glad. That's right. You can't choose what happens to you every single moment. Though you can have some influence on a lot of it. However. You have a choice how you react. You can totally choose to sit and wallow in self-pity. If that's the thing that you want to do, that's fine. But I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, then you're looking for something a little bit different. So you can either focus on every single negative thing that happens in your life, or you can choose to be glad. You can live in a state of worry and fear that the world is falling apart and the sky is falling at the seams. 
and nothing will ever be the same again. And you'd be right. It's like when one of my kids says, I can't. They are correct. If they say they can't do something, there's zero reason to think that their body will suddenly just straighten up and do it anyway. I mean, how often have you had your body do something completely separate than what your brain was saying, right? So if you're constantly saying things like, I can't find anything to be glad about, or even more if you're constantly saying, I'm so tired of yada, 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 or I cannot stand when blah, 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 or just always complaining, then you're correct. You will never find anything to be glad about. You will never find the good. Now, I know when you're in the middle of an awful situation, it can be difficult to choose gladness because I've been there. But when that happens, guess what? You start back at the beginning. You start back at step one with gratitude. It's a rinse and repeat type of thing. When you start the day and end the day with an attitude of gratitude, you will naturally begin to look for the good. So like I said, it doesn't mean that being a Pollyanna means you never have problems and you're never sad or unhappy or frustrated or or even angry. It doesn't mean that you don't ever have these negative emotions, but it does mean that we take control of them and we choose. We make a choice. Life is a series of choices. And I really hope that you choose to find the good. I'm hoping this podcast finds its way to someone who may be needing some encouragement with their faith, homeschool, health, or life. If that's you, you found a friend. If you have someone in mind that might relate, or if you have been touched in something shared, would you mind sharing it? The way a podcast gets traffic is through word of mouth, and I would sure appreciate it. You are also more than welcome to leave a review or a rating if the platform that you listen to offers that as an option. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or you can even send me an email to Courtney at imperfectlypollyanna.com. Of course, as always, I've put that in the show notes for you. Remember, you are loved and I am glad you're here. See you next time.